I specifically remember my 11th year of teaching and you think, okay, by year 11, I should have things under my belt. It was one of my hardest years. I had four boys that were a big challenge and there were many days where I fought the tears, but don't give up. Ask your administrator for help. Ask a co-teacher. I did that. I went across the hall to a veteran teacher and cried and was like, what else can I do? And um, so know that there's rough years, even if you have taught a long time and maybe the Lord's using you in those children's life, or maybe he's drawing you closer to himself. Um, sometimes I think we just need that humbleness that we haven't arrived and we do need to keep learning and growing. Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition Podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland. Thank you for joining us for part two of our conversation about classroom management. Jenny DeYoung is an experienced teacher and now an administrator, and in part one, she shared practical ideas for creating a classroom management plan that works for your classroom. She also talked about the timelessness and impact of incentives. And just before we wrapped up part one, we talked about the power of love language as we interact and as we minister with our students. If you missed part one, you definitely want to go back and listen. Just before Jenny and I jump back into our conversation, I want to remind you to stop by our website, teachereditionpodcast.com, to subscribe to our newsletter, as well as to submit your questions for upcoming guests to answer right here on the podcast. We also want to invite you to follow us on social media. We are Teacher Edition Pod on Instagram and TikTok, and we are Teacher Edition Podcast on Facebook. Jenny, welcome back. You shared great insights and practical strategies in part one. As we jump into part two, I'd like to start with more strategies. So we understand that classroom management is far more than rules and writing names on the board. We mentioned procedures and incentives, and there are so many other elements, one of them being strong preventative measures. I think we have all observed a situation or been a part of a situation where we should have seen that coming or we realized that there was something we could have done to prevent that situation. In your opinion, what are some ways you can prevent problems? Yes, uh, prevention is such an important part and it's hard to know and see everything. And I know all teachers feel that, but um, if you can think through your day and just know your students, like do they respond well to a word of the day or word of the week? It could be a vocabulary word that you're trying to incorporate or just a silly word, like maybe it's around a holiday and you're trying to just make it fun and bring in the connection with the holiday or a phrase, um, secret signals, maybe one student really struggles. And if you just have that secret connection with him or her, that can help bring them back. So just thinking ahead, what maybe what time of the day is tricky or um, what procedure is, again, thinking ahead and just trying to prepare and have those calm call back and response um, little clues that, you know, like there are tons out there. And if you just Google, you can find lots of fun ones and you can even um, 
change it up throughout the year. But that just kind of gives everybody that chance of like, oh, yes, I have to pay attention. I was getting distracted. <laughs> so that's a great way. And then just really being organized. Um, I know growing from my first year of teaching, the, at the end of the day, my desk would be piled high because I was just trying to get through the day. So put that manual down, put this game down. And then at the end of the day, I would spend a half hour trying to bear, unbury my desk. So if you can really, as a teacher, establish a good routine to prevent those chaotic moments where I know I'm putting my manual down, well, the kids are maybe finding something to keep themselves busy. So whether it's singing a song or getting up and doing 10 jumping jacks um, or giving them a task, I want you to take out your writing book and tear out page 52 and have it, you know, standing up and on your desk and ready by the time I'm standing here, just gives them the motivation that they're not trying to connect with their friend or come up with something to um, keep themselves busy or cause problems. So all those techniques are easily found maybe by asking a co-teacher or Googling it, looking in books, um, even just browsing the aisles of a store, but pocket charts, toolboxes where the kids have their supplies, organizational bins, um, just sometimes where the kids have a moment to get out the wiggles. It's really um, having those tools in place. And like we said, it it will change from year to year or maybe time of day, but just trying to anticipate where is the problem going to be can really help you be prepared so it doesn't happen. Yeah, it is true. It's amazing how many little situations we set them up for that could yes. have been avoided. I remember hearing, I don't know if it was a podcast or a webinar, someone talking about the power of the word go. And as a teacher, you know, what do we often do? Ready, set, go. Well, and then they all jump all over and run and talk. Well, we just like, we jet propelled them into chaos. Right. Whereas, like you said, we have that one word or that, you know, that chime that just indicates calmly it's time to move. And yet we continue to use certain phrases and uh, things that set them off that could easily be avoided. So those are great ideas. You know, there's an element that we have discussed multiple times on this podcast, and I see woven through many of these elements that we've already talked about today, and that is communication. So I wondered if you could share with us how you feel that communication can help with classroom management. Sure. It really is another piece of prevention. Um, you know, with parents, they love communication for the most part. There's some that you just feel like you can't connect with or they don't respond, but you can know you did your part. But just really establishing at the beginning of the year that teamwork mindset. So I read or heard um I think from our one of our administrators long ago when I was teaching to really try that first week or two to make that personal connection and to communicate with the parents in a positive way. And sometimes you have to call the first day of school because you already can see there's going to be problems. So you don't want your first interaction with the parent to be a negative one. So try your best, whether it's a phone call home, preferably, or in person. Um, just 
showing love and care for the students so that they truly know you love and care. And it's not just you're out to get your that student in trouble. So I first would encourage teachers to set up a teamwork environment with the parents. And even now as an administrator, sometimes it can diffuse a confrontational parent by just reiterating to them, like, I am not here to be negative about your child. I'm here to help and support you. I need your teamwork, um, your support to help. And usually you can kind of see and feel just a change in that parent that you're not against them. I need your help because you know your child well and we're, we both want your child to succeed. So I think that's a key is getting the parents on board and then um, just really being clear in your communication with the students especially if you've taught a long time, you know what you want, you know what's expected, but you forget that they're second graders for the very first time. <laughs> so, um, and again, I'm reflecting to second grade, but it, it applies to any grade. They're teenagers, yes, they should know better, but they need to know clearly what you expect. So just being really clear um, with your expectations so communicate that and then using some reminders. They hear a lot of information all day long. And I know as teachers, sometimes we um, think it's so clear. But if we think back to when we go to um, like teachers conventions and you're getting so much information all day and you're sitting, sitting, do you really retain it all or what's expected? Sometimes you stop and you're like, wait, what did that instructor just say? I totally missed it because you spaced out or you got distracted by a phone or um, getting a mint, whatever it might be. So just being clear, repeating it, using reminders. Maybe it's just a tap on the desk or standing by a student or like we said, the secret signal, um, thinking through how you can communicate even just with visuals where you don't have to stop and say, yes, you may go get a tissue or no, you need to wait till if they have um, <clears throat> those certain signals, like there's many on teachers pay teachers or on the internet where, you know, you hold up a number one to sharpen your pencil or to get a tissue. So then you can just nod or give a thumbs up or point. Um, so not time is wasted in, yes, you may have permission to do that. <laughs> so um, it's, it's not... Uh, things that are really hard to implement. It's just kind of taking the time to set up those clear communications of what you want and how the students can um, act in the classroom or get permission to do things that they need to do, even when they're sitting all day long. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. So over the years, I've observed both new teachers and veteran teachers experiencing frustration and even discouragement over the area of classroom management. Yes. So frustration because students won't do what they're supposed to, frustration because they can't get their classroom to roll the way they would like it to, frustration because they can't cover everything they want to in a day. I've heard statements like, it's the third week of school, we shouldn't still be going over these expectations, <laughs> or I've been teaching 15 years and I shouldn't still be dealing with this type of behavior in my class. Every year is different, every class is different, and we know students and families are changing every year. 
We also know that very few classrooms are conquered in the first three weeks. At the heart of all of this is the realization that whether we're a new educator or a veteran educator, we have room for growth. You know, acknowledging areas for growth is not a sign of a bad teacher. We both know that sometimes it's hard to help the teachers understand that that's a sign of a good teacher. And realizing that the same strategies do not work every year and with every class is not a sign of weakness or incompetence. It's a sign of a teacher who's focused on what is best for that classroom that year, not on their own appearance. But so many teachers get in the mindset of, but this is how I run my class. Or they think if they ask for help, that we will think that they are incompetent. (laughs) What are your thoughts on this? How can a teacher grow and improve in the area of classroom management? I think it's accepting that it's a journey. And I truly see that in the 21 years I was teaching my first year, I struggled with classroom management and I knew it. Um, Maybe it was harder on myself than I I don't know, but I just knew it was something I needed to grow in. So I tried to read as much as I could. I think one summer I read 11 books. I just asked an administrator and um, tried to get as much material as I could. And now it's so much easier with Google and um, Teachers Pay Teachers and blogs and all that. There's so much information out there and not everything's going to work. And like you said, it, it um, it's not something that maybe has conquered your first year, but even think of students, they don't get everything right away. When you learn to tie a shoe, you probably didn't do it the first time. You had to practice and practice. So it's okay. Um, and just sometimes accepting that, but not accepting that like, oh, it's okay. I'm just, I'm not good at that. Right. right. Learn to grow in it. So realize this, it's a, it's a journey and you will continue to grow and um even there will be bumps along the way. I specifically remember my 11th year of teaching and you think, okay, by year 11, I should have things under my belt and I'm okay. It was one of my hardest years. I had four boys that were a big challenge and there were many days where I fought the tears, but I tried not to give up. I, at Christmas time, wanted to. So maybe that'll be encouraging to some teacher who's struggling out there. Don't give up ask your administrator for help, ask a co-teacher. I did that. I went across the hall to a veteran teacher and cried and was like, what else can I do? And um, so know that there's rough years, even if you have taught a long time and maybe the Lord's using you in those children's lives, or maybe he's drawing you closer to himself. Um, Sometimes I think we just need that humbleness that we haven't arrived and we do need to keep learning and growing. Um, So just be encouraged through scripture. Um, that's what's so wonderful about being a Christian educator is, you know, like Proverbs 27, 17 says the iron sharpens iron and hopefully your coworkers are your friends and they can help sharpen you. And maybe you have a way you can sharpen them later. Um, cause we all have different strengths and weaknesses, just like our students. But just have the mindset of being a lifelong learner. Admit when you make mistakes. Even to students, there are times you have to say, I'm sorry, I did not make the right judgment there or I misunderstood. And that speaks volumes to them too, that if you can admit admit a mistake or even to a coworker that maybe you snapped at in the hallway because they were at your bathroom break time (laughs) or silly things that happen, but just learn to admit the mistakes grow from them, improve, and just don't give up. 
um, some encouragement from scripture. I love the story of the lame man and his friends that uh, they were stopped. They couldn't get in, but did they give up? No, they saw a different way. So sometimes we have to do that with our students, especially with classroom management. Think of a different way. Um, ask the Lord for help. He says in James 1, 5, he will give wisdom if we are lacking it. And think of the feeding of the 5,000 that they went to Jesus when they needed something. And did he provide just enough? No, he gave them an abundance. And we may not see it that year, but maybe it'll be rewarding in a few years when you see that student finally improve in their behavior. Um, so just don't get discouraged. And if you are discouraged, go to the Lord, seek wisdom. For we are fellow co-workers and administrators. We're here to help each other. And just remember that Faithful is he that calls you, and he will also do it. So claim those promises, and God will help you grow and will give you um, the wisdom you need and just really help you to become a successful teacher, even in classroom management. That is excellent advice. You know, we feel like so many of the things, sometimes when we talk about topics like this, are just profound or basic, but really that's what we need. We just need to go back to the basics grab some new strategies, ask for extra grace and strength, and knowing that you know, this is the classroom that God has given us for that year. And it's important to know that this wasn't a mistake. God gave us these students for a reason, and we just got to get in there and fight. So Jenny, thank you for challenging us today. Before we wrap up, do you have any other closing thoughts or advice for our listeners? Uh, just keep on keeping on and know that if God has called you, he will give you the grace and strength and Teaching is hard. It truly is. I don't think people can understand it till they're in that classroom trying to juggle maybe 25 students and parent emails and curriculum um, expectations and lesson plans and keeping the remedy. It's, it is a lot. But if God's called you, he will give you the grace and just keep on keeping on and seek him first. So true. And you know, time is running out quickly on this year, but there is still time to impact these students for the Lord. Until the last day of school, it's not too late. So just like Jenny said, we have to get in there and give these students our very best and ask God to impact their lives for him. Mm -hmm. And if you feel even in mid-year or one week you're struggling with classroom management, it's not too late. You don't have to wait till next year to have a fresh start. You can go in whether it's after Christmas break or even over a weekend and just say, these things aren't working, this is the new plan and have a restart. So it's, it's not too late. <laughs> well said, let's do it. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to teacheredishonpodcast.com to submit questions for upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. Now, it's time to get back to your day, but it's not just any day. Every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and through His grace working in you. Go do what God has called you to do.